We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Paul Brocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two on Sports Daily on KFH. Tommy Caster, Jacob Albrocht, Max Power Producing. Coming up later on in the hour, we'll have our picks of the week. But on the line with us right now, the one and only Trey Wingo. Trey is brought to us today by Caesars Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars, bet up to $1,250. And if you don't win, you'll get it back as a free bet. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 plus. Trey, it's been a minute since we've had you on the show. Welcome back. Good morning, guys. Or is it morning? Yeah, it's still morning. I don't know where we are. Yeah. Uh, great to be with you guys again <laughs> in Wichita. How are we? We are great today. And of course, we're going to be talking about the NFL here over the next several minutes on the program. I want to get your overall thoughts on, you know, the kind of a 30,000 foot view uh, of the NFL right now. I know that uh, a lot of people say that the NFL season doesn't start until after Thanksgiving. We're here now in the home stretch. Your overall thoughts, 30,000 foot view, where are we at? Well, I think it's been a fascinating season uh, overall. Um, and I think that it's been a really weird season from a betting perspective. We've had one week where the favorites have come out on top. Like, underdogs and have, have ruled this entire season. So it, it's been a really, really fascinating season from that perspective. But I think we're getting to the crux of the matter, as, as you alluded to. For example, every team in the NFC East has a winning record. Uh, that's only the second time in NFL history that's happened. The other time, uh, well, since they went to the divisions the way they are. Uh, the other time was 2014 when three teams, all both teams in the AFC North had a, had a winning record for a three-week span this late in the season. So that's crazy. Uh, we had the situation where no one's under 500 after the loss last night by the Patriots in the AFC East, and they're all going to play each other, right? This thing's going to all come down to the wash. And then you look at what we're talking about, I'm presuming in a minute, with Kansas City. They have the easiest strength of schedule left. Now, I know that sounds crazy because you're taking on the Bengals this week, but if, if, if the Chiefs get past Cincinnati, then it's just the AFC West games against the Broncos and the Raiders, the Texans, and the Seahawks. They have the easiest strength of schedule going forward. If they can somehow uh, you know, do what they haven't done in two previous appearances, uh, beat the Bucks, beat the Bengals, and Joe Burrow, they will have pretty much, in my opinion, a lock on getting the AFC East number one seed to buy and potentially a, a fifth straight uh, championship game in Kansas City. Trey, this is this may be to me the most in-your-face season of the league telling us whatever we think in the beginning will not matter. Just you mentioned the yeah. NFC East. There were a lot of people that thought that might be the worst division in football or the AFC East outside of Buffalo. And the AFC right. West stinks, right? The NFC West yep. Yep. stinks. They're upside down from what we thought. I mean, it's league-wide that this happens. Do you remember a year where we all collectively, like the collective thought was so wrong before the season started? 
No. And, and you know, again, I, I was one of those guys that said the AFC West was like an Avenger movie. We need another superstar. Let's get another superstar in here. Turns out Russell Wilson isn't Iron Man. He's Aluminum Man, you know, and, and sorry, big truck going by. Uh, the Raiders have been the Raiders. Now they've had put together back-to-back walk-off overtime wins, and, and uh, they're clicking a little bit. But, you know, they've been a massive disappointment. Uh, and the Chargers are the Chargers, for lack of a better term. Uh, we'll see what happens with them Sunday. I- I'm curious what happens with Kansas uh, with with the Chargers on Sunday because if if they if they don't find a way to take care of business this Sunday, they could be in trouble as well. Well, Trey, I want to get your take on uh, the the drama going on right now in Arizona with Kyler Murray and of course all the the comments that were made with Patrick Peterson earlier this week. Uh, clearly, it's not going well in Arizona right now. Uh, they've got that massive contract with Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm guessing Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the one to fall on the sword. What's your take on that? Yeah, Cliff will, um, absolutely, because they're tied to Kyler. That's nothing they can do about it now. But what I found most interesting about it, guys, is that came out of nowhere, okay? Patrick Peterson wasn't asked about Kyler Murray in that podcast. He was talking about something yeah. completely different related to Arizona. And then you said, oh, wait, I'm talking about the Cardinals? Hold on, let me get in the bus. I'm going to put it in reverse and back up over Kyler Murray a couple of times. Like, it wasn't like, hey, what is your take on Kyler Murray? What do you think about Kyler Murray? It's, it's like that line from the 40-year-old virgin where uh, she's driving the car and she gets an accident. That sucker came out of nowhere. I mean, it just <laughs> absolutely just, you know, I'm just going to roast him. And then no one has come to his defense, right? That's the most interesting part. No one, no one in that Arizona locker room has said, hey, what? this is crazy. This is ridiculous. Larry Fitzgerald alluded to the fact that he, but, uh, Patrick might be correct. Like, no one is saying, no one is all in on, hey, man, that's my quarterback. You know, leave me alone. That's, that's my guy. No one in Arizona is saying that. What, what a strange situation. And these, these things happen, and now you, you've got teams stuck with quarterbacks. You've got Denver stuck with Russell Wilson. You've got Arizona stuck with Kyler Murray. I don't think any of us think Lamar Jackson as either one of those guys and feels much safer than both of them at this point. But the Ravens have to see these situations, and it gets more complicated with Lamar's situation going into the offseason, whether they want to potentially put themselves in the same kind of situation. How do you handle this if you're a team and you're not 100% sold now knowing what it could do to you if you get it wrong? Well, the Lamar Jackson thing is fascinating to me. I've, I've said this all along. Like, their offseason, you know, from top to bottom, uh, is going to be insane. Uh, they're the most interesting team to me <clears throat> in this entire offseason, not only because of Lamar, but let's say they don't get Lamar what he wants. Um, then what, like, how do you reconstruct the team? Because you have built everything around Lamar Jackson, right? You have, you have put in place a system that you believe showcases his skills and, and sort of hides some of his weaknesses. So if you're not all in on Lamar Jackson, and by the way, that contract offer they made, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm not signing that either. Like, you're telling me that you're offering somebody who's $50 million less in guaranteed money than the guy that I've been much better than? Uh, I've been an MVP of this league. I've taken my team to several postseasons, and I've won pl- a playoff game. Deshaun Watson hasn't done any of that, so I wouldn't sign that if I was Lamar Jackson either. It, it's, it's just fascinating because if they, if they don't come to some sort of agreement here on a long-term contract, then the Baltimore Ravens, as we know them, will cease to exist, and they're going to have to blow up the entire thing and start from scratch. 
Trey, what the hell is going on in Indianapolis with Jeff Saturday? Um, we've, we haven't had you on the show in a while. Uh, he was yeah. named interim coach, you know, during that time that we haven't had you on. And then, of course, all the questions about game management, clock management, all of that. What's going on there? Yeah, it's not great. And I, look, I, I got to be clear. I'm completely biased when it comes to Jeff Saturday. I just want to be completely honest with your listeners. He is a friend of mine. He is a dear friend of mine. I would trust Jeff with my possessions, my family, my fortune. Like, that, that's how deep we run. So I, I need to get that sort of out there. That being said, I can't believe I hired him. I loved the fact that he won that first game. And quite frankly, he could have beaten the Eagles if Matt Ryan hadn't taken a horrific sack after a first and goal that, where a touchdown would have won them the game. Um, and so they felt like they slipped that one away. And then the game, uh, uh, the Monday night game, like the, the timeouts are – you know, he said afterwards, he, he after the game, his initial comments were, "Yeah, you know, I, I was okay with that. I was, I wasn't worried about the time. I was, I was, I liked the play." And then the next day, he said, "Yeah, that was that was bad." I mean, like he had at least he had he'd owned up to it, right? Look, the Colts are a mess. Um, he sort of fixed them for two games in terms of some of their issues, but the bottom line is you got to win. You know, it's it's not a try hard league; it's a win league. And if if he doesn't win a, a bunch of games down the stretch. This is going to be looked at as uh, a Jim Irsay, what the hell were you thinking situation. So I want the best for Jeff, but I'm not sure it's there. Yeah, I I, I think the chances of it being long-term are low anyway. I, I didn't mind it as much as the public. Um, I, I didn't. I guess it didn't, yeah. it didn't seem offensive for a guy who has that tied to the organization uh, just to sort of guide yeah. them through the rest of the season. But it's one of those things in the NFL where we look at it collectively almost like that that singular decision needs to be a part of the bigger narrative picture here but it made some sense to me to try to do something to get the fan base excited in a guy that you're not the only person Trey who's talked to Jeff Saturday's character and how much they love him everybody does that's ever been around him so is it that unreasonable just to to do something outside the box, to do something fun that, you know, the fans might get excited about. I don't think Jim Irsay has any, you know, any false vision that the Colts are all of a sudden going to turn it around and become a Super Bowl contender this year. Yeah, yeah, there's two things, right? And, and the thing that drives people crazy is a very simple concept that some people have a really hard problem dealing with. Two things can be true at the same time, right? Like Bill Cowher can be accurate. And Joe Thomas can be factual in the way they feel about this hiring and how it was insulting to the coaching profession. And, you know, it's a disgrace to the people that are in that building working hard. All of that can be true. And at the same time, what you just said can be true. They needed to do something. Listen, I, I was at the week three game between the Colts and the Chiefs in Indianapolis. There were more Jeff Saturday commercials than Peyton Manning commercials. Okay? Like, he is a revered figure in that town. And there's a PR spin to bring in Jeff Saturday to try and fix a broken season. That can't be denied. So two things can be true at the same time. It might work if he goes four and two down the stretch, and, you know, then suddenly we're looking at it completely differently. And that's accurate. And so is the idea if you're Gus Bradley or John Fox. By the way, John Fox on that staff has taken two different teams to the Super Bowl. So you can say whatever you want about John Fox head coach. He took Carolina Panthers to a Super Bowl and lost. And he took the Broncos to a Super Bowl and lost. But he got two teams there. So, you know, you had a guy in John Fox who knows how to do the job. But to your point, if he had appointed John Fox or Gus Bradley, who was also head coach in the NFL, if he had appointed one of those guys, the fans would have went boring. 
So Jeff Saturday shook things up, and I have I have no problems taking swings with, as long as you understand the 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 reality of those swings actually landing. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you're going to get all the swings and arrows, and you probably deserve them. But shoot or shoot, right? And that's who Jim Mercy has been his entire life. Talking to Trey Wingo here on the show. These chats are brought to us by Caesar Sportsbook. And Trey, I want to take a look back to Thursday night football last night. Jacob and I talked about it earlier on in the show. The Buffalo Bills get a comfortable 24-10 victory against the Patriots. There's been a kind of a narrative forming a little bit over the last couple of weeks about the Bills and are they as dominant as everybody thought? Well, it was a two-touchdown victory last night. Your thoughts on where the Bills stand right now? Yeah. Again, this is a perfect example. Two things can be true at the same time. That was a really good win for Buffalo. Uh, they went through some adversity. You know, they had to fight through a really, really good New England defense. Uh, so, yeah, that was a good win. At the same time, they are not the team they were in September October. They're just not. Uh, you know, Von Miller's out. He says he hopes to be back. I, I, I have my doubts whether or not we'll see Von Miller again uh, for, for the Bills in this regular season. Maybe not even the postseason with that injury if it doesn't go the way he wants it to. And then there are the issues with the running game for the Buffalo Bills, which have been non-existent all year. But when Josh Allen is throwing at the digs and Dawson Knox and, and Davis with the with the alacrity and the and the, you know the accuracy that he has, that has that was sort of masked. The Buffalo Bills are not the team that we saw start the season 41 to seven and 38 to seven. They're not that team anymore. Are they really good? Hell yeah, they're really good. But they are not the unbeatable juggernaut that I think a lot of people felt they were in September and October. So that was a really good win for Buffalo. By the way, it was needed. It was their, They had been 0-2 in the division, okay? I mean, they yeah. had not won a division game. So they needed to put one on the board because they're playing everybody. They got, they got three more of these things down the stretch against really good teams. Uh, so that was important. But I, I don't think people – like, for example, this week alone, for the first time all season, the odds on the Super Bowl champ shifted at Caesar Sportsbook. The Chiefs are now the number one uh, seed, for lack of a better term. They're the betting favorite to make it to Super Bowl Sunday. Now, the Bills are right behind them, but right now it's Kansas City, and it's not Buffalo for the first time all season. Trey Wingo joining us here. Trey, let's talk some bets here uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, personally, I it was a bloodbath for me last week. Had my worst week of the <laughs> young enterprise of betting in the state of Kansas. So, just... Need a little lifeline here to get get us back on track here. It's been a rough it's been a rough week. What have you What have you got? What are you, some of your favorite plays this week? Well, this this is really interesting, right? Because this 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 might be a tough week for that. Like for example, the Jets are going to Minnesota, and Minnesota is defensively challenged. There's no question about it. And the Jets are getting points. I think they're a three point underdog, and they've won five times outright uh, as an underdog this season. Uh, so they, they are not concerned, and Mike White, I think, is going to put up numbers against Minnesota. But then you look at the Vikings. They actually have the longest active streak in the NFL of winning as a favorite. They won 11 straight games when favored. Uh, that's the longest, as I said, the longest current streak in the NFL. It's the second longest streak in Vikings franchise history. They've strung together 13 straight wins as favorites in 74 and 75 seasons. So, you know, that one could go either way. Um, the, the Dolphins, the, I think the last five Dolphin games have hit the over. They scored 30 points in four games. Uh, for only the second time in franchise history. But they're playing a Niners defense that shut somebody out last week and has not allowed a second-half point, guys, in five weeks. So, like, 
this this is a very. I mean, I'm, I I I feel bad for you. Like if you're looking to get it back this week, because there are a lot, there are a lot of things that are very contradictory. For example, you know the Bengals are two and zero against uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and they've won and covered five straight games in the month of November, December. The Chiefs have won 26 straight games in the month of November, December. That's by far the longest streak in the history of the NFL over any two month span. So, like I don't I don't know what to tell you this week. It's tough, man. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, well, helpful. Well, I apologize. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, and let, let's let's dial in a little bit more on the Chiefs and Bengals. So, of course, we've seen a yeah. lot of trash talk this week between sure. these two teams this back and awesome. forth. And, you know, looks like the Bengals are getting healthy in time for this game. Jamar Chase should be back, all of that. Right now, the Chiefs look like to be a point-and-a-half favorite on the road. Uh, I mean, of course, you just kind of laid out what both of these teams have done. But I feel like Cincinnati, we've seen this movie before. They started off slow last year. They got their bye. Then they went on that run at the end of the season. What do you like in this game? Is there any? Is there a good way to bet this game, the over-under? Where do you stand? What do you think? I would stick away from this game. I mean, like, I, I just – there's not anything that I can point out. Like, for example, okay, when the Chiefs are right and the Bengals are right, I'm not sure whose best is better. And, I, I listen, Cincinnati may not make the playoffs. Like, their schedule is – like, it's brutal. They have, to, they have to play the Ravens. They've got to play the Dolphins. They've got to play the, the Bills. They've got to play the Chiefs. They've got to play the Browns. They've got to play the Bucks. They play everybody, okay? Fourth toughest schedule left. But their best might be better than anybody's. However, the one thing I can say with certainty, I'm never betting against 15. I'm just not doing it. I have the receipts. I have everything. And you don't think he knows that twice last year they had 14-point first-half leads, had 11-point leads at the half, and that defense held them to three points in the second half in each of those games. One they won in regulation, the Bengals did, and one they won in overtime, the AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes is a freaking competitor. He knows. And no team and quarterback has ever beaten Patrick Mahomes three times in a row. Yes, the, the Bengals might be a little bit healthier. We don't know what's going on with Kadarius Tony. But if you're telling me I have to pick somebody, I'm riding with 15 until I don't have a breath left in my box. He's got the receipts, too. He he doesn't really keep that quiet, uh, by the way. He makes it yeah. very apparent. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've got one more for you, Trey, and it's the other the other side of the coin. In the NFC, who, who in the world is – who's the best team in the NFC right now? I, I got nothing for you. Well, listen, I'm a big believer in the Bill Parcells analogy. You are what your record says you are. So the Eagles right now I have to look at as the best team in the NFC. Does that mean they're unbeatable? Absolutely not. You know, they've tried to stop that run game issue by, when, since they lost Jordan Davis with getting Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph. I mean, they literally said, who are the two biggest guys we can find? Let's go get those guys. Uh, and in their heyday, they were great. But they haven't really stopped much. In that game against the Packers, you know, they gave up over 100 yards on the ground and five yards per carry. The problem was, you know, for the Packers is that the Eagles ran for 352 yards in that game, which is absolutely insane. Um, there are some things that concern me about Philadelphia. And I would love to see a Eagles – well, first of all, I'm curious to see how they play against the Cowboys second time around, right? Like, the first time the Cowboys played them, it was Cooper Rush. They fell behind big early, and the Eagles let them off the hook. I mean, they had that game in the bag, and it got back to a one-score game, uh, which was very unusual. But I'm, I, I, the Cowboys can be very physical with the Eagles, especially with the way they run the ball and their front seven on defense. But guys, so can San Francisco. Again, you know, again, they haven't given up a second-half point in a week. Like I would, I'm very interested 
and seeing a, an Eagles team take on a 49ers team uh, in the postseason. That game, I think, would be fascinating. Yeah, I mean, there's still a ways to go. We're down in that home stretch getting into the month of December, and uh, it's going to get a lot of fun. And because we're in December, Trey, we're going to get you back here next week, and then I think we've got you the week after that, too. So a few weeks here in a row as we get down to that home stretch. So we're looking forward to it, and uh, thanks again for joining us, man. Guys, anytime, no problem. Glad to be with you. That was the one and only Trey Wingo. Trey is brought to us today by Caesar Sportsbook. Your first bet is on Caesars. Bet up to $1,250. And if you don't win, you'll get it back as a free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 plus. A lot of NFL news, so we're going to have Trey back next week and then the Friday after uh, as we get into the home stretch of the NFL season. Always appreciate those chats. Brought to us by Caesar Sportsbook. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Paul Savage joins us. Jacob and I, we've got our picks of the week. It's all coming up for you on the way on Sports Daily. The commercials are over. I haven't got all day. 869-1240. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. If you missed any of that uh, great conversation with Trey Wingo, you can find it right now, uh, well, or soon, I should say, kfhradio.com. All right, let's bring in Paul Savage uh, for some picks this week. Paul, welcome back. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm doing very well. I mean, just, I mean, you know, how, I mean, yes, doing just fine. Tommy, I'm here for you. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, anything to report on totals or anything? No, we'll get those from Jad when we come back. We were off for a week, what? and then Jad's on vacation, so what? we'll get the totals. We'll get the totals. I'd, I'd have to go way back. I mean, it's like a month ago. Nobody cares. Um, nobody, nobody cares. cares. <laughs> well, I don't. Let's know get that... right to the picks. I don't know that you. I know you're in the lead. We'll give you that, Paul. You're leading the three. season. I went Congratulations. seven and three last week. You went five and five. Tommy was a dismal. Oh. Four and six. I mean, I know what it Thanks was. Thanks for the reminder. I mean, so, a couple weeks ago. So you this is asked a what have you done if we knew lately, what it was. You asked, but you knew. That's, uh, Paul, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, not, that's not very honest with our listeners here. All right, let's give you some picks. We're going to jump right into it, and we're going to start with the uh, Pac-12 championship. Utah at USC minus two and a half. All right. Uh, big head Paul with your lead. You can go first. Who are you taking in the Pac-12? Well, I'm going to make an offer to you and Tommy. You know, I know that you guys look up to me in these pick segments. I know you guys admire my body of work. So here's the offer I'm going to make to you and Tommy. Tommy, ch- chime in on this if you'd like. Okay. I'll go ahead and pick first every 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 time. How's that? Would, would that would that that would give you guys a little guidance? Max says that seems to be fair. So I, I just. Uh, 
I'm okay. I, I don't have a problem with that. I just don't ever want to hear you say that we admire your body ever again. Yep, that's where my <laughs> head went to. I heard admire your body, and, and I blacked out for a second. So, uh, yeah, whatever. Oh that's gosh. fine. All right, Paul. Okay. Go first, then. Utah-USC, right. minus two and a half. Guys, USC, I'm kind of getting on board with those guys. You know, I have not been on board with them all year long. But I'm starting to see where, yes, they do have some talented positions. Uh, they have some great overall speed. Utah's a good football team. But I don't know that they're better than two and a half points for USC. I really don't want to take USC. But I have an image to protect on these Friday football picks. So I'm taking USC. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'll I'll take USC as well. I have been on USC all year. I do kind of like them. Um, I don't know if they'll get to the level defensively. They need to win a national championship. But I think they can get enough offense either way to cover two and a half against Utah. Tommy, what do you think? Well, I love how right out of the gate you guys are giving me an island uh, opportunity here. And so I was going to take USC, but I think because of that island, if the point spread was any greater – uh, it'd be a little bit easier. I think I'll take Utah, and I'll, I'll take them uh, to go ahead and oh, cover that two and a half. Oh, the All right. sign Islands of desperation. Both directions. Islands go both directions. LSU, Paul, is getting 17 and a half points at Georgia with an SEC championship on the line in Brian Kelly's first year. This is a hard one to pick a side on. Where are you going? Well, 17 and a half points. My gosh, that is a, a lot of points. But this isn't this this is not the LSU from Billy Cannon's days, that's for sure. This LSU team does have some things that are not uh, usually associated with LSU. I look at this game and I ask myself a very simple question. Who is most physical up front? LSU or Georgia? Which one's most physical? The deciding factor for me on this game is that this game is is really almost more favorable to uh, Georgia by location. You know something? I, I hate to do this. I've got a feeling, Tommy, here comes the island for Coach Savage. I'm going to go ahead and take Georgia. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to give LSU 17 and a half points. What do you think, Tommy? You know, I kind of feel bad for Georgia a little bit. I think that, uh, yeah, they're number one in the country, but I don't feel like they get a ton of conversation. Um, at least they haven't the last few weeks. Maybe that's just me, uh, but that's at least the way that I'm seeing it. That being said, 17 and a half, a lot of points. I don't think a lot of people thought that Brian Kelly could have LSU turned around in the amount of time that he's been able to do it. Um, do I think that they're at the level of Georgia? No. Uh, do I think they'll win the game? No. But do I think that LSU can keep it within 17 and a half? Yeah, I do. I'm going to take LSU plus 17 and a half. Attaboy. We'll leave, we'll leave you on an island, Paul. I, okay. I can't I can't, I can't. can't lay 17 well, and a half points. It's a lot of points. Uh, L- it's a lot It'd of be points. one thing if LSU wasn't good. LSU is pretty good, and they've gotten better as the season goes on. So right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the points there. All right, Clemson at North Carolina as we move to the ACC. Uh, Clemson minus seven and a half at North Carolina. Paul, which side do you like here? Well, here we know that that Clemson's not the Clemson's of old. I mean, of the la- let's say of the last you know number of years. So we know that they're not as good as that they have been. However, this particular season, North Carolina's had good moments and bad no moments. I don't know which North Carolina team's going to show up. The good one or the one that is very mediocre at best, and that is a fact. I'm not sure about North Carolina. When I'm not sure about which team for a particular team is going to show up, I go with the other team. 
I don't want to give up seven and a half. I wish it was six and a half. But I'm going to go ahead and take Clemson and give seven and a half. I've had an affinity for North Carolina all year. It's probably just a Mac Brown thing. Oh, there um, you go. Well, that's okay. I, I really don't know on this. I'm going to throw a dart at North Carolina and just take the points here. Uh, but this one, I do not have a good grasp on this game, but I'll take the Tar Heels. Tommy? Uh, Clemson, they have been disappointing as yes, of late. That's right. Um, that That's not an understatement for sure. I think that... Dabo Sweeney will have his guys ready to go tomorrow to bounce back. That being said, give me the fighting Mac Browns to cover seven and a half. I'm going to take North Carolina. This could be a disaster, Tommy, if we give Paul this big of a lead on these islands. All right, uh, let's go Purdue, Michigan to the Big Ten. Paul, it's another massive spread. Michigan, who impressed us last week, laying 17 Against Purdue, what do you think? Well, I'd almost take I'd almost take Michigan if it was twenty-seven. It's not. I think seventeen's a bargain. I like Michigan. I'll go ahead and give the seventeen. Uh, I think that's a good deal for me, guys. It's up to you, but you know, Michigan and seventeen against Purdue. I'm taking Michigan. Tommy, you comfortable with that number? You know the the fact that Michigan uh, is giving up seventeen and. Uh, against Purdue and Georgia is giving up 17 and a half to LSU is ridiculous to me. Those those two matchups are they couldn't be any more different. Purdue is nowhere near LSU as far as competition is concerned. So I have a much better, a much easier time taking Michigan to cover 17. I'm going to take Michigan. I'll lay the 17. Yeah, I, it, perfect point, Tommy. I agree. Uh, I'm I, I I hate large numbers, but I'll take it here. Michigan and the points. All right, then the one, uh, then the one we're all focused in on: early kick time, Big Twelve Championship. Paul K State getting two and a half points against TCU. Where you at? I, I want a public service announcement first. Listen, if you know me, anybody who are who is a friend or has my phone number, I'm so looking forward to this game right now. I'm just shouting it out. Don't call me while this game is on. I'm going to break this game down play by play. I'm going to rewind. I'm going to watch how things are done, how blocks are made, how coverages are done. I want to see some routes. I want to see. I want to see how good both teams zone stretch and defend the zone stretch. Don't call me. With that being said, this is a tough one for me. Both teams are as good as they. What they do and what they brand is so good. I've said before, K-State, I don't know of anybody in the country who's better at zone stretch, at inside zone, at getting defensive linemen overtaken and hooked. I don't know. They're as good as I've seen on television, I'll put it that way. TCU is also pretty good on defense. They they don't allow that kind of stuff. They don't get overtaken on the defensive line. they got linebackers that play down. I am really torn. But when you're torn with an offense and a defense, go with the defense. I'm taking TCU, and I'm going to go ahead and give the two and a half. I love K-State in this game. I've made no secret about that. I've I've called this shot for about three weeks now that I that I said K-State's going to get to that game and beat TCU. So uh, nothing's changed. They cannot do this first half bad defense thing they've done a few times now recently, but I think they'll get it figured out. I think they've got revenge on the mind, and they are foaming at the mouth for this game. Both teams are. But I'll take K-State and take the points. Tommy? 
Sorry, Paul. I kind of dozed off when you were giving your soliloquy right there. Who did you pick? <laughs> who, who, who'd you pick? Oh, okay. You picked DCU. All right. Um, I want to be very clear uh, on this. This is not about Kansas State. I like Kansas State. I like Chris Kleiman. I've liked them all year. I have no issue with them. I think they're a great football team. I think they are solid. But I am tired of everybody nationally questioning TCU and their deservedness in the college football playoff. I think tomorrow is a statement for TCU to show that they absolutely deserve to be in the college football playoff and that they have just as good a shot as anybody to win a national title. It is an opportunity for TCU to go out there and get it done nationally and put everything to bed about the questions of why they are in the top four. I'm taking TCU minus two and a half. I'll lay the points. I think Kansas State has had a great season. They're going to play play great in the Sugar Bowl, but I'm I'm taking it to TCU. You know something, That's Tommy? Hey, listen, wait a second. Tommy, you know what you just said? You could have taken TCU and substituted Big 12. That's what you could have done because I'm kind of with you. This is important for the Big 12. Yeah. Have a representative. Have a representative in the final four, maybe even in the championship game, maybe even the Big 12 winning a national championship. Tommy, I think you're right. That's why Jacob's on the island. He doesn't understand college football like you and I. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Um, it has nothing to do with TCU that I'm taking K-State. I think K-State's better. I think K-State should have beat him the first time if they didn't have the insane injury list that happened in that game. I think TCU deserves a spot even if they lose this game quite frankly, just for the record. All right, let's go to the NFL here. Uh, Titans plus four and a half at the Eagles. We just heard from Trey Wingo about the run issues for the Eagles defensively. The Titans getting four and a half. The Eagles aren't going to run on them like they ran on the Packers, Paul. What do you think? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I I think four and a half, if this was three or under, I would probably take the Eagles. But I like the extra point and a half with regards to a field goal on this game. And let's face it, this is a this is one of those NFL games that could come down to a field goal at the end. And because it's four and a half, listen, and I'm not sure of this, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Titans. Yeah, I, Tommy, I'm going to give you a chance at an island here. I was I thought I'd be on an island here, but I'm going to take the Titans plus four and a half too. I think they, they need to do something. I think they'll feel a little desperation. And it feels like a decent matchup for them stylistically. So I'll take the Titans as well. Yeah, I feel like you can really, really easily overanalyze this game and look at, uh, you know, Derrick Henry and what he does running the football versus a weak Eagles run defense, and are they going to be able to stop it? I don't know. I, I think you can overanalyze it too much, and the bottom line is that the Eagles have the best record in the NFL. I'm taking the Eagles to cover. That's not a bad right, island. Uh- Paul, Dolphins, Niners, Niners minus four here at home. I'm curious to hear what you think on this one. Who you taking? Well, I, I I just love the 49ers, the way they're playing, the way they've played the last couple, two, three weeks. Uh, this is a team going up, it is a, as it appears to me. Pretty good football team. Giving four with the 49ers at home, I think, is a safe bet. I think this is going to be a sweep. I'm guessing this will be a sweep. So I'm going to go ahead and take I'm going to go ahead and take the 49ers. I think there's some rule in football, and I could be making this up, but it feels like there is, that protege generally does not fare well against teacher early on in the career. 
With that being said, I'm going against it. Mike McDaniel has an opportunity here. And you say you feel good about the 49ers. Man, I don't feel good about 13-0 against the Saints. I think they should have won that game by a much larger margin than that and certainly scored more than 13 points. I'm not sure if their offense doesn't figure it out. I'm not sure they'll be able to keep up with the Dolphins' offense, which has looked outstanding right now. I'm going to take the Dolphins in the points here. I'm surprised it's as big as four. I thought it would be a slimmer margin. I'm probably missing something here, and I know the Niners are getting better defensively, but I'm going to take the Dolphins in those points. Tommy? You know, what's funny is that Paul just mentioned that he thought it was going to be a sweep, and he's going to end up on an island by himself. Wow. Uh, because I'm taking the Dolphins in the points as well. Uh, just how explosive Miami has been offensively, it's surprising to me that they're getting points in this game. I know – the 49ers are incredibly talented, but they're also pretty banged up too. And so I think that's going to play into it a little bit. Will Christian McCaffrey be at 100%? I don't know. Will Debo Samuel be at 100%? I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to take Miami, and I'm going to go ahead and take the points. 46 and a half, the over-under on that too, by the way, which is interesting. Uh, Commanders at Giants, Paul. The NFC East has been the NFL's best top-to-bottom division. The Commanders on the road as two-and-a-half-point favorites on the at the Giants. You comfortable with that? I don't know. I don't I, – I really – this is the one game on these ten games that we have to pick that I really don't have a good feel for. This is – I'm going to have to just flip a coin. And I guess because it's a home game, and I guess because the Giants uh, are going to get two-and-a-half points, I guess that's enough reason. But, fellas, I don't have a feel for this game. Both these teams – I could make a case, could win this game, but I don't have a feel. I'll go ahead and take the Giants specifically because it's a home game. And it's not much of a home game. They're, what, 100 miles apart? I mean, it's not a big deal, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Giants. I don't know how either of these teams have the records that they have. Tommy, what do you think on this game? Well, so I added this game because of the fact that the NFC East is, you know, crazy this year. And the Commanders are ways to over 500. And, you know, the Giants were one of the best teams in the NFC for quite a while as far as their record. I I, I wanted to put this on there. And so I think that I'm going to take the Giants and I'll take the points. I think, the, I, think I was going to take whichever team got points in this matchup. Uh, and so because of that, I'll take the Giants, I suppose. I'll take the home dog. I'll take the home dog as well. Make it a clean sweep with the Giants. Cowboys, 10.5-point favorites at home against the Colts, Paul. Sunday night football, what do you think here? I want the Colts to be good, but they're certainly not at the caliber of the Cowboys. 10.5 points, though, is a lot, but the game's in Dallas. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. And by the way, I have no confidence in quarterbacking for the Colts. I'm I'm losing confidence in their their. Very interesting new head coach, Coach Saturday. I'm, I don't know, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Cowboys. This could be this could be a 21 point game for all I know. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Cowboys at home. All right, I will as well. I'll take the Cowboys. We're running out of hot time here, so I'll keep it brief. I just don't think the Colts are very good, especially against a great defense like that. So I'll I'll lay the big number in the NFL, which I never do, but I'll do it this time. Tommy, give me all the islands. I'm going to take the yeah. Colts. It's just a big number, ten and a half. It's a big number. I, I don't, I, I don't think that the Colts are going to win. Uh, I think the Cowboys will, will still win. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and take those points. All right, and then we have the Chiefs minus one and a half at the Bengals. Paul, what do you think? Well, I, I got what Trey said about this game. However, 
you know, this is still one of those deals where the Chiefs are pretty darn good, even though the Bengals are too. I, I just for time for time's sake, I'm just going to go ahead and take the Chiefs. Yep, I am as well. I'll lay the points on the Chiefs. I'm with I'm with Trey Wingo. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes in a revenge game, Tommy. Yeah, let's make it a clean sweep. Uh, it, it's it's the Chiefs minus one and a half. I'll lay those points. I know all the narratives around what the Bengals have done to the Chiefs, you know, recently, and Mahomes hasn't beat them, and, and all of that. I get all of it, uh, but ultimately, I also know what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes typically do uh, in revenge games and in the months of November and December. So give me Kansas City, and I'll lay the points. A report coming down here, Tommy, that Mizzou is afraid of, uh, is afraid of KU football. I don't know how much I believe it, but if it's true, it doesn't make a bit of sense. Mizzou not wanting to play KU in a bowl game. Why would Mizzou not want to play KU in a bowl game? You'd you'd get excitement, you'd get buzz, you'd get money, you'd get all these things. Mizzou can't. I mean, what do you think's going to happen? Some some seventeen year old kid who knows nothing about this rivalry because it doesn't really exist anymore as far as on the field play each year is going to look at the outcome of this game and decide where they want to go to school. Like what what are you afraid of at this point? Yeah, I don't get it at all. I mean, the upside is there for these two teams to resume the border war in a bowl game, um, and, and I wouldn't believe this if it wasn't Brett McMurphy. And Brett McMurphy is you know the gold standard when it comes to college football insider. Um, and he's reporting that he's saying that Missouri didn't want to play Kansas. So the matchup will not happen. That came down. I mean, within an hour ago um, on Twitter, Brett McMurphy tweeted that uh, saying that these two teams will not play each other in a bowl game. Um, I mean, that's disappointing. I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to play each other. I, I don't know that. I, I just don't know how much I believe it. Really? It's like, Brett McMurphy, though. I, I know I'm not doubting Brett McMurphy's reporting. I just I, I cannot believe that Mizzou would be afraid to play a football game against KU. And that that is of no offense intended to KU. It's offense intended to Mizzou. Like I mean the, why? the series is resuming. It's coming back in twenty twenty five. right. So, maybe, so what maybe I don't know, maybe Missouri's like, hey, we want to wait until then. I don't know. Uh it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, they, I, I suppose they if go if, ahead, Paul. If this is true then Missouri needs to you resign from the SEC. It's as simple exactly. as that. Like, they need what, to resign. What? I mean, aren't they the biggest, baddest guys on the block? If you're afraid of the University of Kansas in a minor bowl, you know, get out of that league. Hey, I, under, so, I understand the Big West is looking for team. I understand me, the, the – well, go ahead. <laughs> well, let me just say Brett McMurphy is now projecting that Kansas will play Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis – and Missouri will play East Carolina in the Gasparilla Bowl. They would rather play East Carolina in the Gasparilla Bowl than against KU? Come on, that's ridiculous. They deserve it if that's what happens. Arkansas, that would be awesome. Liberty Bowl is a blast. I really hope that's where KU ends up. All right, uh, let's take our final break. We'll come right back, wrap it up on Sports Daily. Nacho fries are back at Taco Bell. You know, the fries covered in... Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. 
Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.